Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast, and thank you for being a listener. Today is Christmas Eve as I'm recording this podcast, and so I want to say Merry Christmas, and I just want to say God bless you for being a listener. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family. Uh, They can hear it on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We're on all five of those, and you can also watch it on YouTube under Grinded Podcast, and, and God bless you for being a wa- uh, for watching, and thank you for being a listener. Um, I decided that I wanted to do a part two to John 18 today uh, because of what Pilate asked Jesus, and especially what's going on in our society today and in our world. In John 18, 37 through 38, uh, Jesus has been betrayed by one of his very own disciples, Judas. Uh, Judas sold him for 30 pieces of silver. He betrayed him with a kiss in the Garden of Gethsemane. He brought this militia in to arrest Jesus. Jesus had the power. He, he could have, when them guys tied him up, he, he could have broke the rope very easily. But he allowed this to happen because he knew it was the Father's will for him to go to the cross. He had to be the Passover lamb that was sacrificed for our sins. And he knew that. And so he allowed this to happen. And so this militia brings Jesus to the religious leaders. And they had no power over Jesus, but they thought they did. But he allowed them to have authority over him. And he allowed all this to go on because of the Father's will. And so they question Jesus, and they want him crucified. They want him dead. They want this guy because he has just he has taken all their power. He has taken all their glory, if you will. He he uh, all the attention has been taken off of them and and put on Jesus, and they don't like it. And so they want this guy out of their hair. And even though he is God in the flesh, even though he is the Messiah that they have been looking for for hundreds of years, that the prophets have prophesied about way long ago, they want this guy gone. They don't, they don't believe in who he is. Some of them did, but most of them didn't. And so they question Jesus, and they send him to Pilate. And when they send him to Pilate, Pilate doesn't want to crucify Jesus. Even though he, he's not a Christian, he's pagan, he has nothing to do with Christianity, he does not like the Jews and their religion, However, he does not want to crucify Jesus, and he's looking for all kinds of ways to not crucify Jesus. But the religious leaders have coaxed the crowd, and and they're yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And so Pilate really has no choice but to crucify Jesus. But when the religious leaders brought brought Jesus to Pilate, Pilate begins to question Jesus. And so he asks him, he says, so you're a king? And Jesus responded, he says, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And that sparks a question from Pilate to Jesus when he says, what is truth? And so I want to address this question that Pilate asked Jesus. What is 
truth. Because I believe that in our society today, in our world today, we have a very skewed, a very messed up thinking about what truth is. We believe that the truth is whatever we perceive it to be. If I say something is true, even though it's not, but I believe that it is, then it's true. And if you tell me something that it is that is true, but I don't believe it to be true, well, then I'm just going to say, well, that's just true for you, but it's not true to me because I don't believe it. There's a guy by the name of Thomas DeBray of the University Medical Center of Utrecht, and he says, according to the quantum mechanics, observation affects reality. Observation affects reality reality. To my opinion, he says, truth is always partially subjective, and depending on, on the viewpoint, different conclusions may be reached. Let me give you an example. Let's say there's two people, and they're looking at a black dog, and we know it's a dog because it's barking, and we know dogs bark. That's true. That's facts. Not opinion. Not false. That's true. All right? One person says, hey, look at that black dog that's barking. He looks mean and ferocious. And then the other person says, that's not a black dog. That's a white cat. And it's not barking. It's meowing. And it's not ferocious. It's, it's pettable. It's, it's lovable. So I'm going to go pet it. And see, in both of their minds, they are both right. Because they, they see what they see to be truth. And they're perceiving that what they believe in their mind to be true. Even though this facts are this is a black dog and it's barking. And this guy sees the black dog that's barking and he calls it is what it is. And this other person says, hey, no, that's a white cat. Even though truth is it's a black dog and it's barking. And this person says it's a white cat meowing. Because he per or she perceives in their mind that that is what it is. And they believe that to be true, even though it's not true. And so just because we call the, the, uh, the truth a lie does not mean that it's false or a lie. Just because they call the black dog a white cat, it doesn't make it a white cat. Cats meow. They don't bark. It is a black dog. It is barking. And it is ferocious. Don't pet it. Because what's going to happen is, if you think it's a white cat, and you don't think it's ferocious, and you think it's pettable, and you think that, that it's a little loving cat, and you go over and try to pet it, it's going to bite your hand off. Or maybe even kill you. Who knows? Now, I, you know, I know that sounds like an, a, an absurd example, but it's, it's no different than people today. And, and, and I, I could pick all kinds of examples, but this is a huge one going on in our society right now. So I, I'm, I'm not really picking on these people and, 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 and if you live this way, you know, God bless you and, and, and I pray for you because, you know, I have my own sins to deal with and you have your own sins to deal with. So I, I'm not trying to run anybody in the ground here, but, but it, it, it's a great example because people are born with certain body parts. God said there's male and there's female. Is there sometimes there's a, 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 a problem at birth and they're born with both parts? Yes. I mean, that, that's just the truth. And, and I don't want to get into all that. But basically, God says there's male and there's female. And there are people who 
go out of their way to change what God says. The male becomes a female and the female becomes a male. They have all these surgeries. They, they do all these things to their, their bodies to enhance certain parts of the, the bodies to make the female tries to make herself look like a male and the male tries to make himself look like a female. Um, I heard the other day uh, about a kid who had just finished college and they were taking uh, it was a computer class or a math class, some class, whatever. And they said that the, the, uh, the professor of that class didn't even cover the subject that the class was about. Instead, the professor covered uh, gender. And he claimed that there was 70 different genders. That's right, 70 different genders. And, and I got to think about that, so I looked it up. And here's what I found. Gender identity is how a person feels and who they know themselves to be when it comes to their gender. So it doesn't matter if you are born with a penis and that you are a male, it's how you feel. So if you feel you're a female, well then hey, you're a female. Or if you if you're a female and, and you're born with a vagina and you think you're a male, well then, hey, it's okay. Because in your mind, you're a male, so you're a male. That's gender identity. It's how a person feels and who they know themselves to be when it comes to their gender. So this is just one example of, of, of many. But again, just because a female feels like she is a male and makes herself to be a male or vice versa if a male thinks himself to be a female and makes himself to be a female does not make them male or female they are what they are they are what god created them to be you you can think what you want your the mind plays tricks on you and that, that the bible says to renew your mind daily and we have to renew our minds and how do we do that we do that by getting into the word of god faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god God says that there is male and there's female. There, there's not 70 different genders. And, and you can look it up. It's pretty interesting. But, it's, it, and, but it's, it's really, it seems real absurd. But a lot of people think that it's true. And in their minds are saying that it's true. And they, they're saying that it is what it is. So if, if, if they say there's 70 different genders, well then in their mind they think the truth is that there are 70 different, different genders. When in fact the Bible says God made them male and female. So what is truth? Let's take a break and when we come back and we'll get into that. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers. It strengthens. It encourages. And it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how he's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. 
Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk. And you get to be a part of this movement, too. I'll see you there. Now, I know the example that I gave in, in, in the last segment of this podcast is not going to make me very popular. It's going to make a lot of people upset. It's going to make a lot of people mad. But, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I can use myself for an example. I can play a lot of instruments. You can see them in my background. I, I play acoustic guitar, electric guitar, uh, drums, uh, mandolin, bass guitar. And it, it, my, you can see my favorite band in the background is Nirvana. Uh, I, I, I can pretend to be Kurt Cobain all I want. I can play a lot of their songs. I can play the bass parts. I can play the drum parts. but And I can play the lead parts. And I can even sing. I, I can even uh, sing the lyrics of the song, but that doesn't make me Kurt Cobain. As much as I would love to sound like Kurt Cobain and, and, and make the money that Kurt Cobain uh, made, I'm not Kurt Cobain. I'm Randy Tucker, and my voice is nothing like Kurt Cobain. I can't do the screams that Kurt Cobain I, I can't play certain riffs that Kurt Cobain uh, plays. Uh, I can play the bass parts to all the songs, but that doesn't make me Chris Novoselic. I can play the drum parts to all the songs, but that doesn't that doesn't make me a uh, uh, Dave Grohl. You know, it, I can sit there and pretend in my mind and say that I am uh, Kurt Cobain or I am as good as Chris Novoselic or I am Dave Grohl. But the fact is, I'm not. The truth is, I'm Randy Tucker, and I, I've never had a lesson on any of these instruments, and I can't play as good as those guys did. It, but I can play like them, but I'm not them. That, that's just the truth. So truth is truth. Let, I mean, let's just let's play the opposite game. What is the opposite of truth? Lies, right? One thing I do know about truth is truth doesn't change. What changes? Lies. That's why police interrogate people. They question people for hours upon hours, and then they'll let them go, and they'll bring them back, and they'll question them again because they're looking for inconsistencies. They're looking for parts of their story that has changed because if they're lying, that's what they do. They're going to fumble over their words. They're going to get their thoughts all messed up. They're not going to be able to keep up with what they said and how they said it. And the truth will eventually come out most of the time. Because they can't keep up with it. But if they're telling the truth from the very beginning and they have facts to back it up, it never changes because they're telling the truth. But if they're telling lies, well, eventually the truth is going to come out. It's like um, the Cheetos commercial. There's a Cheetos commercial where the, 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 the mom has brought home a bag of Cheetos and she's wanting to eat some of the Cheetos and they're all gone. And she says, who ate all my Cheetos? And there sits the kids and there sits her husband and, and nobody wants to confess to eating the Cheetos. And I, I believe it's the, the, the Cheetos cat that brings out the black light or maybe the mom does. And, and they, they shine this black light and, and all of a sudden it shows the dad and there's, there's cheese on his fingers and there's cheese all over his mouth. The dad had eaten the Cheetos, but he didn't confess to it. But the, the light exposed the truth. And that's what God does. He is light. And light exposes. And, and that's one of the reasons why a, a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with God. Because God exposes us for who we are. Who we really are. We're sinners. We're nasty, rotten, no good, low down sinners. 
Romans 3.23 says we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We, we can't measure up to God. I mean, we, just, we, we fall short, and I'll talk more about that in just a minute. But math teaches us a lot about truth. One plus one equals two. It always equals two. Two plus two always equals four. You can say that it equals five. You can say that it equals eight. You can put any number you want to in the blank. But two plus two always equals four. You can have an apple, and you can take another apple off the shelf, and you can ha- you can be holding two apples, and you can say, "I have two apples in my hand." That is true. You cannot say, "I am holding two oranges" when you're holding two apples, because that does not make it true. And if you give one of those apples away to a friend, you're left with one apple. That's fact. There's evidence to support that. That is true. And another friend comes along and they want a a part of your apple. So you cut your apple in half. Well, now you have half and your friend has half. So you're holding a half of an apple. You're You're not holding a whole apple. You're not, you're no longer holding two apples. You're holding a half of an apple. That's fact. That is true. The evidence is there. It bears it. It's an apple. You can call it an orange. You can call it a banana. You can call it whatever you want to. But the fact is that that's an apple because when you take that seed from that apple and plant it in the ground, you're going to get an apple tree and it's going to produce apples. That's truth. That is a fact. Let's talk about um, Pilot for a second. Getting back to Pilot. According to the traditional account of his life, Pilate was a Roman equestrian. He was a knight of the Samnite clan of the Pontia, which is where he gets his name, Pontius Pilate. He was appointed prefect of Judea throughout the intervention of uh, Sejanus, a favorite of the Roman emperor Tiberius. The title of prefect for Pontius Pilate was confirmed by an inscription that was found in Caesarea in ancient Palestine, that, that was found in 1961. Almost 2,000 years later, an inscription from Caesarea was found in ancient Palestine that, that supports the fact, the truth, that Pontius Pilate existed, that he was the prefect of Judea. Uh, and also, there are coins that he had minted that people have found and they have in their possession. You can actually buy them. I think the one I looked at was like 115 bucks. But uh, people before Pontius Pilate uh, would have uh, some kind of uh, flower or some kind of vegetation uh, minted on their coins, but not Pontius Pilate. He used pagan uh, pagan symbols. Uh, he used Elidius, which is an instrument used in cult worship, and he used the simpulum, which was a ladle, which was also a, a, a pagan symbol at the time. And you can actually Google uh, these, these coins and see pictures. And, and so w- my point is, just like 1 plus 1 equals 2, or 2 plus 2 equals 4, there, the, or you've had the, the, the apples there is evidence, there, there are facts that support the existence of Pontius Pilate. He was the prefect of Judea. He was there. He was, he, he was ruling over that territory. And since evidence backs up the facts, it is truth. And the truth is, Jesus was standing before Pilate, just like the Bible says that he, he was, and he is questioned by Pilate, and he asked Jesus, 
what is truth? Well, the answer was standing right before him. God in the flesh. God is truth. God sets the standard when it comes to truth. And in the Bible, God, especially in the Old Testament, God used a plumb line. In Isaiah 28, 16, verse 7, it says, Behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, and I will make justice the line and righteousness the plumb line. In Amos, 7, in Amos chapter 7, verse 8, Amos was sent to warn Israel about the impending judgment due to their corruption. And he says, I am, he says Behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. People who build know what a plumb line is. They, they'll drop a plumb line that makes a true vertical. And, and this, the, the builder can ensure that the structure he is constructing is erected perfectly true, and a painter can use it as a reference line. And that's what God says. I'm dropping this plumb line in amidst my people who are corrupt because I am true. I, 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 am, I am the truth. I set the standard. And, and see, what happens is we, we, we see God's plumb line and we see how perfectly straight it is. And like I said a while ago, we're crooked people. We're, we're, we're sinners. We, we fall way short. We want to think highly of ourselves. And, and we want to think that, that we're somebody when we're actually really nobody. We are who you know God made us to be. And, but we try to be like other people or be somebody that we're not. And, you know, but we think that it's true. But that doesn't make that uh, make that it is true. Um, we make up lies. We ignore truth. Uh, we make up our own truths and what we believe to be true, uh, so our conscience won't be bothered by what we're doing or how we are living. But again, that doesn't change the fact that God is the standard, and His word is truth. Psalm one nineteen nine. How can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? And in two verses later. The psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Paul tells Timothy uh, in uh, 2 Timothy 3, 14-17, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know that they are true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God, meaning that it is God-breathed. And it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. You see, God is absolute truth. Whether you believe that or not, it does not change the fact that God is absolute truth. And His Word is the standard by which we look at to see how we measure up. And we do not, by in any form or fashion measure up to God's standard. Because of Romans 3.23 says we are all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. No matter how hard we try, we cannot measure up. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross and be that sacrificial lamb, that perfect sacrifice. He never sinned not one time because if He had sinned one time, He could not have paid the price for the penalty of our sin. God knew that we would measure up. So he, he had an eternal plan, Ephesians 4 says. Before He ever made the world, before He ever created us, He had a plan in place because He knew Adam and Eve would eat that fruit, disobey His word, and sin would enter into man.
Paul puts it this way in Romans 3, 21 through 26. He says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when He held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For He was looking ahead and including them in what He would do in, in this present time. God did this to de demonstrate His righteousness, for He Himself is fair and just, and He makes sinners right in His sight when they believe in Jesus. Friend, let me put it to you this way. Whether you choose to believe in God or not, it does not change the fact. It does not change the truth that God exists. Whether you choose to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or not, it does not change the truth that He died on a cross. That Well, let me back up there. He was betrayed by one of His own men, that he was questioned by the religious authorities, that he was questioned by a man named Pontius Pilate, and that Pontius Pilate beat him and crucified him, put him on a cross, and then he was buried in the tomb for three days, and on the third day he rose victorious from that grave. And then he ascended back to the Father, and he sits at the Father's right hand, and he has sent down his Holy Spirit where he and the Father dwell in us for those who have professed Christ as Lord and Savior, been baptized for the remission of their sins. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 2, 37 and 38. Now you can choose to believe that or not, but it does not change the fact. It does not change the truth. If you choose not to believe it, that it is the truth. My prayer is that you do believe it. My prayer, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're doing in life, you have never gone too far that God cannot save you. He loves you. He died for you. He sent His Son for you. Why not give your life to Christ before it's too late? Pilate asked the question, What is truth? Jesus is truth. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If you want to go to heaven, my friend, you have to come to Jesus. And I pray that you make that choice today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just oh my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle paid the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, all my life, been grinding all my life.